Welcome to uh, the Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm uh, Gene George. Uh, across the table from me is uh, Brody Foster Hubbard. Um, and uh, how are you? I'm great, Gene. This is our first episode. Except we're calling it episode zero. So it's actually our zero episode. Zero. Or zero yes. episode. I prefer it called episode. Oh, with a Z, Z for the zero. And a big not sign for, instead of an O. Oh, no, no. Like seven. We can put a zero with the slash through it. There you go. Uh, episode. This is already the best podcast wow. ever. <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe we can do an extreme podcast after this one. There you go. Um so yeah, uh, Brody was saying uh, this is our, our zeroth episode, uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, why we're here and uh, and 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 what we uh, what we want to bring um, you know to the to the table. Uh, uh, Brody, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the concept? Absolutely. Well, the show is called the Shaky Town Radio Hour. We're not actually on radio, and it's probably not going to be an hour. But it is come from it does come from Shaky Town. Shaky Town is CB Radio trucker lingo for Los Angeles. That's where this podcast originates from. It's where Gene George originates from. Uh, I moved here a few years ago from Phoenix, but um, am hopefully slowly becoming accepted as a native. Slowly, it's a very tough. It's a long process, right? I had been told it was being present for an earthquake. That's one way to gauge it. Um, the state gauges it by, I think, length of residency and how long you've been gainfully employed. That's that's only if you want to apply uh, to uh, to a UC school or a community college. Right. <laughs> I just want to be loved and respected by the people, the Angelinos. <laughs> So. <laughs> You're like the Evita Perone of Los Angeles. <laughs> you just want the common people to love you. Exactly. I see. <laughs> so the goals of Shaky Town Radio Hour is just to cover pop culture and, you know, that's music, comedy, literature, just anything that Gene and I like and want to share with you, the Shaky Town audience. But and you don't have to be in Los Angeles to listen to this podcast. That's right. Through the magic of the internets. Consider it Shaky Town USA, Shaky Town Earth. It's all one big shaky happy family. Well, considering the amount of uh, earthquakes that we've had uh, over the last, or at least that have been reported on, which I will point out is not an increase over any of the normal earthquake activity. It's just been reported on more. It's the shark attack of earthquakes. That's all I'm saying. This is true. Um, uh, can, you know, everyone's united by the fact that plate tectonics are uh, constantly active. So. Plate tectonics was one of my favorite subjects in college, believe it or not. I had a geology class that I took, I think, two or three times until I passed it. But when I finally did, I knew a lot Because about plate, plate tectonics. tectonics is the jigsaw puzzle of continents. That's the best part. Yeah. And all geology teachers smoke pot. Mm. That's the other reason why. I didn't know that, but it makes a whole it lot of things make sense it, now. Doesn't it make sense? Wow. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yep. Every geology teacher I have known or known of, totally a pot smoker. I, I don't know what it is. 
Maybe it's the connection with the earth or something. It's connection with stones. Stone. Oh, see, that's the kind of wordplay you can expect <laughs> here at Jakey Town Radio Hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and for, for the three people who are giving a courtesy listening to this now, now too, thank you very much for listening. There's a lot of podcasts out there for your podcast dollar, and, and I think um, – you know, Brody and I have kind of an, an interesting take. We we move in um, we move in some some similar circles, but we move in dissimilar circles. Um, Brody's um, you're you're a musician um, originally, yes. and, and by by avocation and vocation, um, um, among other things. Um, uh, I, I move in the comedy world. Um, some of that overlaps. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in LA, um, in in the entertainment business in general, and comedy and music specifically that we have kind of interesting uh, takes on. Um, and, uh, pop culture in general, I think we're both, uh, you know, we're both kind of connected to a lot of, um, what's going on. Uh, I read a lot. Um, I watch a lot of TV. Um, I watch a lot of movies. Uh, I don't listen to as much music as I used to, but, but, um, that's going to change. Uh, it'll probably change. Um, I certainly don't listen to a lot of mainstream music. Uh, so I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, kind of the ideas that have been kicked around, um, Talking about uh, different uh, different aspects of, of people's work and and, not, and and getting into um, you know uh, getting into different subjects than you would normally do with than an interview would do with um, some of the folks that we're interested in talking about you know talking about musicians about comedy talking about um, you know comedians about movies talking about you know just just kind of um, get going beyond the the surface of of um, what what you'd normally expect to hear from you know someone someone joining a, a, a podcast uh, you know usually I, I think a lot of podcasts tend to the <clears throat> tend to the surface and even if they do delve into something more subtle they they tend to stick to the ABCs you know and and and, and don't really you know go beyond that so I'm excited yeah I think this is um interesting and, and good good thing I agree. Besides the conversations Gene and I will be having one-on-one, we will be having conversations with guests. We'll explore a lot of topics, deconstruct a lot of subjects, touch on all those things we have brought up, literature, music, books, comedy, maybe a little philosophy, not too much, maybe some politics, not too much. Because I hate everyone. I don't hate everyone. I hate, I hate everyone. I, I hate how everyone talks about politics. There you go. Let's, let's leave it at that. Um, I'll talk a little bit about how we got together to bring this about. Um, before we do that, let's delve a little bit into who we are as individuals. I'm going to start with Gene. Uh, came <clears throat> up, if I recall correctly, doing improv first. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, years and years ago, um, I, uh, I was friends with, uh, uh this is when I was still in college, um, I was friends with a performer, singer, musician, um, uh, and she was also part of an improv troupe um, that did shows around town. And I started out hanging out at their shows um, and um, just basically, you know, kind of, I've always been interested in comedy all my, my entire life. That was my first taste of, of actual, you know, that people do, not watching it on TV or reading in magazines. Um, you know, up, up close and personal, that was my first taste of it, but they did short form improv and I'm really, really not a fan. Um, and, uh, looking back on it, 
looking back on it now, I was very closed minded about it. Um, and I didn't realize there were deeper levels to improv back then. Um, and it, it was kind of a, it was weird because they seemed to do the same improv games over and over again. So it was almost like they were doing rehearsed improv. And, um, when they asked me if I wanted to join their, their, their group, I, I basically said, yeah, no. Um, I, you know, I blew them off and not, not rudely, but just, I was kind of astounded one that they want me in the group and two that I didn't like it. So I didn't want to do it. And I was a callow youth at the time. So, um, it seemed appropriate and I, I went and did, uh, you know, other, I moved out of state and did other day job stuff, um, you know, in, in, in the interim. Um, and, uh, but, it, but improv, yeah, was my kind of first, my first, um, look into, the comedy world and theater world, um, aside from the usual stuff you do in school, you know, school plays and things like that. Um, but fast forward about 20 years. And, uh, uh, once I moved back to LA, um, I started taking, uh, classes at UCB and writing and, um, doing actually doing stand up and things like that. I, I would say stand up is probably my favorite part of comedy, but, I like sketch as well. I consider myself more of a writer than a performer in a lot of ways, but I, I do perform. Um, but yeah, stand-up comedy is probably, I mean, it's, it's certainly the most immediate uh, uh, test of the material you've written. Um, and I really love it. I mean, I, I, I love everything about it. I, I just wish I had more time to do it these days. But um, so I've been doing, I've been doing comedy as a, as a hobby, I guess, for two years now. Going on two years, um, but I've been interested in it all my life and done things on and off, little weird things and you know, self-published stuff and goofing around with friends of mine for a long, long time. Cool. What kind of stuff have you self-published? Oh, I mean, just like like I used to do these. I used to do these dumb um, like collage things. And when I guess self-publishes is a little pretentious, but like. Um, um, you know, I made, made them for people and handed them out or and did, and did like, um, like creative stuff. Like, uh, I wrote a play that we performed for like a haunted house thing. That was, it was like a comical horror Western thing. I mean, little, little projects like that. I mean, nothing, you know, I, considering the people that I know and see regularly in the business now, I, I mean, it's all like very podunk and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like 90% mortified by, by <laughs> the stuff that I've done prior to this. Um, but I mean, you know, even when as, as a kid, I, I would, um, I would, uh, tape record funny voices and, and, and bits and things like that, yeah. you know? So, uh, but I was talking to, uh, I was talking to, uh, a friend of, of my wife's at a party and, um, the, the closest I can, the closest I can, um, articulate is it's like I came out of the closet late in life and I'm totally I, I'm the gay dude the 40 year old gay dude like marching in the, in the gay pride parade with my like assless chaps on all waving <laughs> a giant rainbow flag but 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 for comedy you know I mean that's really I mean it really feels like that I finally embraced I for the for the longest time I didn't um acknowledge that um this was a viable thing for me to do and I regret it I mean I regret I lost 20 years of my life that I I wasn't doing something that I really really love I think you know Sure, I ate and I had rent for twenty years, but it's not as fulfilling as doing something creative that you care about, you know. So, and that's kind of a lot of this town is about that compromise. And I think being from here 
hindered me because I saw everybody trying to make it in, you know, comedy or the arts and, you know, TV and movies and music. And, and it's, it's such a tough road to hoe that, um, that, that was, you know, I, I I'm not going to do that. Those guys are chumps, <laughs> you know? So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of my background in comedy and, and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a TV junkie and used to be a comic book junkie and, um, you know, uh, not as much as I used to, but, but that's the pop culture stuff that I own gaming video games. And I'm, you know, we used to play D and D and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's kind of my background in, you know, uh, uh, in, in pop culture and, um, uh, you know, I like nothing better than, you know, going out and hanging out with comics and talking comedy and, um, you know, I, I do it as much as I can. Um, usually it's too and far between or on Twitter, but, um, you know, I still know and hang out with a lot of comics and appreciate that world and love to, I'd love to do it. You know, I'd love to be able to, to, I'd love to be able to make a living like some of the folks that I know. Um, you know, but I do also see how hard it is, Yeah. Know? but you know, you make, you make what you can and you do what you can with the stuff that you, you know, you're trying to work. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. Um, everything else is kind of boring. <laughs> you know, everything else is pales in comparison. Not, I don't know. I have no idea why. I just, I just, I can't think of anything to talk about myself. What? Um, I want to hear more about you. I want to hear more about you. Sure. Well, uh, I can see some parallels between our heroes' journeys. Uh, when I was a kid, and I was, you know, doing everything from like dressing up and costumes and you know halloween being my favorite holiday when i was a kid maybe now too um taping fake commercials on the fisher price recorder things like that and writing i wrote a lot a lot of stories i'd i would ask the teacher to read my stories to the class and this is all first grade second grade third grade i'd get to you know just go up at the end of the class apropos of nothing and read these stories got into music Starting with, I think Nirvana was really, I mean, when you're a kid, you like the monkeys or listen to your Beatles, your parents' Beatles records or sure, something sure. like that, maybe. But or whatever's on the radio. Exactly. First band I got into my own self was Nirvana. That was like the first cassette tape that I went out and bought by myself was Nirvana Nevermind. Hmm. Uh, first record I ever bought for myself was Black Flag in my head <laughs> because I made that graduation from mainstream music sure. to... I consider it a graduation anyway, to, you know, more underground things. I mean, at the time, nowadays with the internet, it's so easy to get music. Everybody knows who Black Flag is. Everybody can find out about punk bands on Wikipedia and documentaries and autobiographies that are coming out years after the fact from these punk musicians. But at the time, you know, you had to hunt it down a little bit more than you do today. No, I, my my first ex my first ex girlfriend my first <laughs> big girlfriend was <clears throat> serious girlfriend I guess it was a huge like vinyl head musician and, and yeah it's like I, I remember the days where if you you know you had to like read Flipside magazine to like find out like right. what was going on you know Max like, rock and roll and yeah yeah little zines and little like you know minor music publications and you know trade tapes yeah and stuff like that yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally different world. Uh, not me being a skater, but my friends all being skaters. And me just kind of standing around while they would skate until we got chased <laughs> off by cops. You being a stander. 
Right, right. Uh, and this is all in Phoenix, Arizona, which was a, I don't know, I guess it's not that interesting place to grow up once you live in somewhere like Los Angeles or actually see the world outside of Phoenix. But at the time, it was great. I still have a lot of sentiment for it. I'm beginning to think, you know, the more experience I get, I'm beginning to think nowhere is good to grow up. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's I, I, when you're 13 or 14 or 15, I mean, everywhere sucks. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you can't do anything. You don't have any money. Come on now. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I think you're in the same boat as everybody. You're everywhere is what I'm saying. Oh, there you go. Okay. I like that. Um, but we got this band together called Footlong. Made our own t-shirts, sold our own stickers, got kicked off our high school stage after playing too long. Played a show at a, a venue called the Mason Jar, which isn't around anymore. But Nirvana had played there. Black Flag played there on a tour in 84, 85. It's kind of the hair metal butt rocker place. Mm-hmm. But punk bands would play there too. Um, I'm definitely sure there was cooler punk venues with cooler punk bands and things going on that we were completely unaware about because we were in the Scottsdale school district. And if you know anything about Scottsdale, it's Beverly Hills of Arizona, basically. Nice. Um, and we were kind of all over Phoenix and Scottsdale. Did that for a while, graduated high school, still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Basically went through college, changed my major a bunch of times, was trying to do music with other people. Finally, some friends said, why don't you try doing some songs by yourself, just you and a guitar, because you kind of play guitar. I do open detuning using my thumb as over the frets, kind of Richie Haven style or Jeff Healy. Yeah, that, that means that's like you just said, you do Scrabblats, Ferns Flagging. <laughs> but you use the alternate Glurg method, so exactly. yeah, that's, that's about as much music. I, I have, I have, there's a ukulele in my, in my thing that is, has uh, fishing line strings on it that boom. I'll have to play that sometime. There you go. For the show. Um, but I'm fascinated. By, I, I honestly, I, I, I really do appreciate anybody that can play any sort of instrument. I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's just like you might have said some Harry Potter crap. To <laughs> it, uh, it, it served me well, though, for the last, uh, you know, over 10 years that I've been playing solo that way, that style. Um, you know, it's in and out of some relationships, good and bad. But uh, at the end of my most significant relationship up until the one I'm in now with my wife, um, when the big breakup happened and started playing a lot darker music, a mm-hmm. lot more pissed off and depressed and, you know, lyrics and stuff like that, had a, I'll say for Phoenix for the independent music scene, a moderate amount of success. I got an article written about me in the Phoenix New Times, and to that, me, that was the apex. Um, but the great thing about playing in that scene was coming up against like performance artists and another avenue by which I got involved into comedy uh, was Ron Babcock and Ryan McKee. Uh, at the time they were living in phoenix and had put out a zine called moss proposal uh we got to be friendly and started doing stuff together i did some interviews with comedians bob odenkirk paul f Tompkins, matt besser those were included in on phoenix? You yeah yeah oh, I, I, you wrote for the zine yeah oh, yeah okay. i wrote for the zine in phoenix um had conversations with them via telephone while they were in here in los angeles i was gonna say do they come to phoenix right right 
Um, and Moss Proposal was, you know, promoting shows. Uh, we, I just started getting more involved, not only writing, trying to my hand at some comedy bits for live shows and for, um, they, they were putting out videos. We started producing Modest Proposal music showcases. Um, the biggest comedy showcase we put on was put the mock back in democracy, inspiring college kids to go vote. Pat Oswalt, David Cross, uh, Brian Posehn, uh, really good lineup at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix. Um, and I worked on that. Uh, Ron and Ryan moved to L.A. Ryan has since moved to Brooklyn. Um, and Is he I, still doing comedy? Yeah, yeah, they're both still doing comedy. Oh, I know Ron. I, know, I, I personally know Ron. Right. He's a great guy and a really funny one, too. Yeah. And, and Ryan's still writing and doing comedy. I don't know him. He could be a schmuck for all of <laughs> And so we... Uh, you know that that inspired me. And that gave me a lot of tools and to uh, write and learned how to help helped me learn how to promote things, promote events better. Um, and then yeah, kind of went off and did my own thing after Ron and Ryan were gone, and after my involvement with Modest Proposal and Modest Proposal continued doing events in Phoenix. But I went off and did my own thing. Uh, I put on a show. A friend decided for his segment of the show he wanted to host a talk show. That became Grand Avenue Live, which is now downtown Phoenix's longest-running live talk show. I was the producer and head writer on that for a few, uh, maybe a year, a couple of years. Um, I hosted an open mic of music and comedy performers. Uh, at one point, I was a co-host on the on Grand Avenue Live, and when I Got into a much awesomer relationship with a girl who lived in Los Angeles. Her, actually, her band had come through, and we'd played the same show. And I was love-struck and courted her from afar, and we decided to go for it. And she was like, yeah, but I'm not coming to Phoenix. I think uh, I like what I'm doing in L.A., and I think what you want to do, you'll be better served living in L.A. to try that out. So moved to L.A. That brings us up into... Uh, Pretty much present day Los Angeles, present day life of Brody Hubbard and Gene George because getting involved in trying to do some music a little bit, but trying to do writing, screenwriting, maybe, you know, I've shot a couple movies here and there as far as little roles where I play like a drug dealer or a dude at a party. Are you a man at, man at party? Yes. We look yes. you up on IMDb. Yeah, exactly. So man, man at party. <laughs> Uncredited. <laughs> Something along those lines. <clears throat> and... You know, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater being here and loving that, going to shows there. Uh, and now kind of figuring out, yeah, what do I want to do now? What do I want to do with writing and uh, or comedy or music or acting or whatever? But part of that journey was going check out shows. And one day I had tickets to a show, but I couldn't attend. So I looked for a buyer for those tickets. And... You know who found this, the tickets? You know who found me online and bought those tickets was Gene George. That's right. It was magical. And that's where we met, and I was instantly What show charmed. was that? that was, I mean, that was a death ray, but I'm trying to remember which death mm-hmm. ray that was. Yeah, it was a show called Comedy Death Ray. For those of you outside L.A. who uh, don't know by now, it's... At, at, at Comedy Death Ray on Twitter. Um, check out their radio show, Comedy Death Ray Radio, run by Scott Ackerman, who's the curator of, of that at uh, Indy103.1.com. Great showcase for stand-up comics, the occasional film that they run they do a cdr sketch show afterwards 
Um, but yeah, that's where Gene and I met in line at the UCB. Online at the UCB. Online, yes, exactly. Queued, <laughs> queued up for Comedy Death Ray. Right. And I was instantly charmed. And I started following Gene, stalking Gene online, <laughs> and uh, just got to know each other's sense of humor and interests. Well, and also comedy. we were on ASC, specialthing.com. Right. Uh, the thing that brought us together was a specialthing.com, which is started out as a Tenacious D fan site, grew into an online community for comedy run by... Uh, Matt, Matt Belknap. Amongst other people who work for him on that site. Yeah, he has his. Um, he did AST Radio for a while, but now yeah. he's a producer Matt and co-host. Radio, or no, AST Radio. It was, it was called. Yeah, it was called something. It was AST Radio first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a producer and uh, and and co-host of uh, of uh, Never Not Funny at uh, podcast.com, Everybody's uh, favorite and never and at Never Not Funny on Twitter. Uh, uh, and I believe they have a Facebook group. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is. I, I, between uh, Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast, and Never Not Funny, um, two of the, probably the only reasons why I had entertained the idea of doing a podcast, um, aside from the fact that I, I wanted to work with Brody. Um, but I'll, I'll list that like a far a distant <laughs> third. But just that conversational tone that um, <clears throat> really, uh, um, just a bunch of you know folks hanging out and and talking about stuff that interests them. Um, you know, and just BSing is is really that feeling that I love about the comedy scene in LA. Yeah, is um, you know that's the best parts of it. That yeah. does, you know, there's there's uh, once all the bullshit stripped away, I think you know uh, interesting people talking about things that interest them and having a good time doing it is like the heart of why I love the comedy scene. You know, plus just being a fan coming around to like really enjoying podcasts for me. The the gateway drug was Paul Goebel. Uh, We had a mutual friend, um, got to know Paul, got to know his show and the people involved in his show. Through that, found Battleship Pretension. Um, I've become friendly with with Tyler and David from Battleship Pretension. They have their own podcast, too. David does previously on. Tyler does more than one lesson. Um, And basically, you know, you meet these people – who are part of this community, and it's great and it's inspiring, and th- that's why I wanted to do something, and 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 that's why I I thought to talk to Gene because I thought we had similar senses of humor and kind of mutual pool of, of friends, um, people that I know that he doesn't know. Like we can still find it's like a six degree separation thing. Yeah, it's a good Venn diagram. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, <clears throat> just to add on to what you were saying, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, one of the things that is the most frustrating and the most liberating thing that I have noticed about the comedy scene, and I, and I, and I'll, I think it probably holds true for the music scene as well, is, and this is the thing that um, is probably my deepest regret about not getting in the comedy scene, is you you make what you can, and you do, if, if you have an idea and can pursue it, um, you know, now it's, I think it's a lot easier because of podcasting and videotape is, is ubiquitous, you know, flip cams and, you know, everybody can carry a, a phone with a video camera on it. Um, the rise of YouTube, et cetera, you know, do it, do it. You know, it's like, if you like something, do it. And, and, you know, there's venues for it. Like you say, like UCB or, or any of the other theaters in town, you know, so it's, if you're not doing something that you, you, you want to do, then you have really no excuse, you know, and I, and I do think that, um, <clears throat> you know, there's just plenty of 
there's plenty of funny funny things out there. And if you want to write or you want to do stand up or you know whatever, you can do it. You just need to do it. Kind of the um, epiphany that I had was um, I was reading a, a Paul F. Tompkins old MySpace page had um, you know like an FAQ. And, um, that's frequently asked questions. Yes. Thank you. The people who are listening to this on the internet who (laughs) may not know what FAQ stands for. Thank you, Brody. Thank you for clearing. I'm helping. You're helping. He's helping everyone. No, thank you very much. Um, FAQ, I was reading, um, and it was Paul Tompkins FAQ and, uh, you know, as, as a, as a professional comic, I'm sure he got that question all the time. How do I get into comedy? Um, uh, you know, so he had the, the little FAQ, and and essentially the the, the central tenet of the FAQ is uh, is just go and do it. If you're if you're interested, in it, do it. And and um, you know that's kind of what gelled my my fuck it. I'm just going to do it. You know, and, and throw something out there. And if people like it, they like it. And if I get something out of it. I get something out of it. So I think uh, so. That's pretty much my story and Gene's story. The story of how we met and how we decided to start doing this podcast. There's. Uh, as he said, uh, a lot of mutual people we know that we have talked about, that we have talked to about contributing and that we hope to have on the show. A lot of guests that we hope to have. Um, interview guests, contributors. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff that, uh, that's out there that interests us and hopefully it'll interest you. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really think that, that uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's really the point. The, I, I think ultimately is this should be fun and interesting, if only for us and and, 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 and a distant third, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or fourth if there's more than one. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the, the, the gist of it, I think, is, is – you know, uh, present some interesting stuff, and um, and hopefully uh, we'll all have a learn learn a little lesson by the time we're done. You know, it, it's, every episode will be a very special episode. Hopefully, that lesson so, won't be don't do don't, podcasts. Yeah, it's like you wasted your time on this podcast. <laughs> is, is the lesson we want to avoid? The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. You can email us at shakytownradio at gmail dot com. You can leave us a voicemail at six two six sixty six shake or 626-667-4253. Our Tumblr is at shakytownradio.tumblr.com. You can find a link to our Facebook fan page there. On Twitter, we're at shakytownradio. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And I'm Gene George. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I wasn't thanking you at all. I was thanking the people who were listening. Ostensibly. Uh, Then never mind. (laughs) 